up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN But this was a lost season for the Jets. I did not see a single thing this year that makes you excited to build upon. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop. Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9, the game studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. What are we doing? I'm going to drop the plans for this. I'm going to... And Eric Fry. Arg. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Another edition to welcome in to another day of the uh, starting lineup. We're live here in the 98.9 of the game of studios. We're here on ESPN Radio. It's Travis Sparks, Eric Fry hanging out with you. And we're here until the noon hour here on ESPN Radio. Coming up for you, we got a good show lined up for you. As always, coming up, we'll be talking uh, some uh, local sports, both uh, basketball uh, that happened uh, last night and uh, the uh, boys' basketball slate uh, that is on uh, for uh, tonight. Even some junior high regionals last night as well. And I think we closed the book on that conversation yesterday of the uh, football state championships. Uh, but I think Eric was going to do a little bit more research on yeah. you know, what, what stadiums there at the end of the podcast that could potentially uh, be uh, holding the championship it's with the requirements. Yes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll maybe explore that as well. And uh, with all the college athletics that we talked about yesterday, we talked about a lot about college basketball and the new polls and everything that happened on the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we'll explore college football today and uh, we will take a look at what the uh, college football playoffs look like as the uh, selection uh, committee will be uh, announcing uh, their selections uh, tonight and we'll uh, see uh, uh, what kind of chaos that can happen during championship week. Yes, and if there's one thing, Travis, everyone knows I know, it is getting people ready for the playoffs as That's right. we predicted uh, in the high school version of who is in who is out and we were fairly accurate with that if i may say so myself there wasn't a lot of drama but right we'll try to do it at a college level well yeah and we we followed along as we went so we did a good job of that and also uh college basketball is uh, back on the air tonight as we got a a college basketball game right here on these airwaves of a 98.9 of the game look at this it's not an eight o'clock start it's an earlier start time 6 30 uh tip off it's the acc a big 10 challenge one of eric's favorite things mm-hmm. even though it's going away uh, this uh, see after this season it's uh, illinois versus uh, syracuse so we'll take a look at uh, the uh, slate and the acc big 10 challenges already off to a uh, start and already off to a poor start for the big 10 but what can you expect from minnesota and northwestern yeah 
<sighs> well, we'll explore that and look at Illinois' matchup with uh, with the Orange uh, coming up a little bit later, and we'll try to get to some other national sports as well, and whatever you don't get to here in the Atrushra, we'll get to into the pod. Including in the pod, we'll have a Tiger update, Tiger sighting. Ooh, a Tiger sighting. All right. I did see that headline on ESPN with Rory making uh, some more uh, comments about. Oh, I didn't uh, see that one. Uh, it, was just something about, that. Yeah. it was just something about he gave Tiger COVID or something before. <laughs> oh, I the, did see that, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, so kind of an odd uh, headline there. And we'll get into that in uh, the uh, pod. But uh, coming up, we need to jump right into it. And we need to hit it up with First Things First. Before we get into the show. First things first. And last night on our airwaves over on a WSCRA, we had Monday night of football action for you, and it was in Indianapolis, and it was the Steelers who came out on top in this one. 24-17 to uh, 17 was the uh, final score there, as despite a uh, comeback by the Colts there in the fourth quarter. And a little bit, uh, Jeff, Saturday, maybe a little... Uh, Time management Awful issues. Awful time management issues, Travis. <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> As Indy falls to the Steelers there by a touchdown 24-17 last night. You can't run two plays in a minute when you're down by seven with a minute and a half to go. And you have all three timeouts. Yeah. And all three timeouts yeah. uh, at that point towards the end of the and game. And you left the game with two of them. Yeah. Where right. does that get you, Jeff, Saturday? <laughs> Nowhere. It doesn't oh, carry I thought over. we had tons of time. Yeah, he said uh, the quote after the game was he didn't feel like time was really of the essence in that moment. <laughs> oh, 30 seconds to go or 39 seconds to go, Maybe whatever it was. Maybe this is why you shouldn't come out of the mothballs and be an NFL head coach. Right, exactly. Still trying to learn on the job uh, a little bit. But uh, the Colts are trailing by uh, seven there in, in the fourth in a uh, late-game situation there. And uh, they converted on a fourth and three. And then uh, Matt Ryan was uh, sacked there. Uh, but then he got Take it right the back. the time out there. Yeah, exactly. And then he scrambled for 14 yards on uh, the second down play. And there. And then it was uh, snapped with 59 seconds remaining. But the Colts elected not to use the timeout despite having all three of them uh, left. Instead, they decided to uh, run uh, some clock there. And uh, just a little simple handoff to uh, Jonathan Taylor was stopped for no gain. Yeah, you didn't even get the first down on it. Yeah, and uh, he was saying that uh, Saturday was saying that he was really hoping that they would pick up the first down. They were really confident in that play that Jonathan Taylor would be picking up that first down there. So. There, Travis, there's no reason to be trailing by seven less than a minute to go. I'm sorry. I don't care if it is Barry Sanders back there. You don't run the football there. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess you do if you have all three timeouts. Yeah, exactly. You can. You can. You have a little bit to play with there, but it's just like I just. But don't you got to make sure you're getting the first down. Yeah. And they didn't. No, they they didn't, and I, yeah, I just don't understand how you could uh, say that the time wasn't of the essence there when you're down by seven with all three timeouts with the ball. I mean, all right, if you want to, and and you heard me saying timeout, but let's say he gets sacked, Matt Ryan. You don't want to take the timeout there. When Matt Ryan runs for those 14 yards, you have to take the timeout there, A, to give Matt Ryan his breath back. 
Yeah. B, to get the offense all on the same page and recollect your thoughts. Right. And set yourself up. Yeah. Horrible time management. Ace. The worst ever. <laughs> uh, Jeff Saturday uh, said that he uh, liked the play that they uh, dialed up. I thought it was a good uh, play and it felt like we would get it there. Obviously, we didn't do a great job blocking on the backside, so it looks worse. But I felt good about the call before. I felt like we had time. We have timeouts afterwards. We were in striking distance, so I never felt like the pressure of needing the timeout there. We just didn't execute, according to Jeff Saturday. Like. When he was stopped on third down, Travis, mm-hmm. how much time was left in the game? Uh, 39 seconds. You get the first down there and you take a timeout. How many realistic shots do you have to score a touchdown at that point? Right. Well, I mean, they were kind of within uh, striking distance. so Still, if you even average, Travis, let's say th- three plays mm-hmm. and they each take 10 seconds. Yeah. You'd be good. Mm-hmm. Get receivers down far enough in 10 seconds from where you were at. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. And it's also important that they weren't – it's not like they were down three, so they no. weren't, like, playing for the tie or anything. They needed seven points there. So to tie they it. needed the not touchdown. Even a win. Yeah, they needed a touchdown there to even just tie it. Horrible. <laughs> Absolutely awful. And you know what may have helped your uh, blocking on that run play there, uh, Jeff? What's that? A timeout, so the lineman probably could have taken a breath and got prepared. <laughs> probably would have yeah. helped. Yeah, it probably. They just got done blocking for Matt Ryan to scramble 14 yards after getting sacked. So they were probably could use a moment. Right. Yeah, and I don't know how really how the Steelers won this. Again, Kenny Pickett, he wasn't that impressive. He didn't find the end zone. Uh, the They were rushing the ball 172 yards rushing, which is – all right, but they kind of spread it around a little bit. Najee Harris and Snell Jr. found the end zone, uh, but that was uh, pretty much it uh, for them. But you said it perfectly there, Travis, and I have the answer for you. The uh, the Steelers didn't win this game. The Colts, the Colts lost, lost it. it. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's they had fair. an opportunity to tie this game up, take it to overtime, mm-hmm. and because they have a coach that has. Almost as no much experience. NFL head coaching experience as I do. Right. As anyone that would be playing Madden, probably. I think people with Madden may have more time management skills, Travis. <laughs> they would, yeah. Or they would at least on third down try for a pass to get the first down. Yeah, they would definitely be playing calling more passes for yeah. sure. <laughs> Jeff Saturday, I mean – Hey, it all it all started good. They they beat the Raiders in his first game. Did they though? I mean, yeah. It's the Raiders. Well, I know. Did the Raiders not lose that game? Yeah, I mean, they had their chances, I'm sure, but I think the Colts. I you could say that the Colts won that. All right, so it was a one week thing to rally behind the new coach. Yeah. Now here's the grind, Jeff. Saturday, and you made this team look like morons yeah i mean i think by all intents and purposes they probably should have beat philly and they just squeaked out with a one-point victory so it's not like they played awful but here's the problem travis what are you bringing jeff saturday in to coach as the head coach yeah the offense i mean i guess are you he's an offensive he was a guy center. he was a center but the, i guess that means he's an offensive guy i don't know i mean i would think he was more of an <laughs> offensive guy than a defensive guy i guess yeah Sure. But 
And he's not using the offense. Yeah. I This experiment is laughable, and uh, I can't wait to see Harbaugh as a uh, coach uh, out of Michigan once they uh, lose in the first round of the playoffs <laughs> again um, to, to see him back at Indy. Uh, coaching this team hey he might get a little uh, too comfortable there in indy there with uh, the big 10 championship there yep. coming up on saturday uh the colts will uh, have to uh, bounce you back you don't think he's talking to jim ursay this week you don't think he has a meeting there ursay should definitely look him up you, if you he don't doesn't think that they're already. not having behind closed doors dinners uh, hotels if they should ha- just happen to run into each other or just happen to <laughs> be invited about old times just to be invited to dinner and there that's a that's a very good idea or a little recruiting trip i mean i would <laughs> that's if great, i was jim ursay that's a great idea you're in town anyways yeah come on come on by the steakhouse sure yeah. uh now the uh uh, Colts have the Cowboys up next, and uh, everyone gets to experience this because it's on primetime again. It'll Yay. be on Sunday Night Football uh, in Dallas. and then Why do uh, the Colts have back-to-back primetime games? Who scheduled mm-hmm. that? Eh, well, I think you give the Steelers a primetime game. They have a big fan base. And, of course, the Cowboys, we know what, what they are on the national television. And then the Colts also get the Vikings and Chargers after that, so they got a tough uh, three-game stretch. I mean, even after that, the Giants they aren't more, more they, not what they once were to start the season, right. but still uh, pretty tough. And then they close out the year with the Texans, so maybe that is a win. But, of course, they couldn't even get that in a week one. So uh, there it is, the, the NFL. Uh, the uh, next week is done and uh, dusted. What week is this? As it is week 12 is done in in the books and we now turn the page and look at this the bills uh, they're on a thursday night football again they're on a back-to-back thursdays and they're also on the road again yeah. as uh, they've been away from buffalo for quite a while i guess but i guess you return home for a little bit but uh, they get the patriots on thursday night football to kick off week number 13 fun there and it's also Packer week, so it's Packers versus uh, Bears on Sunday. So that's another L for Chicago. And uh, the next uh, Monday Night Football game is the Saints and uh, Bucks. All right, in Tampa. Yay. Cardinals and Panthers getting a bye week this next upcoming week. So week number twelve in the uh, books, but we're just getting started here on the uh, starting lineup. Coming up, we're going to turn the page to uh, some uh, local sports, some uh, local basketball that happened last night, and we'll take a look at uh, some uh, local basketball that's happening tonight as well. Coming up on our family of uh, networks, it's the Cromwell Bowl here tonight, and we'll check that out uh, coming up here on the starting lineup. We'll be right back to the starting lineup on ninety-eight nine The Game. We need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment. You can't see the future, but you can prepare for it. With the universal life policy from Pekin Life Insurance Company, you'll have guaranteed death benefit protection with the potential to build significant cash value for later years. Request a free quote for universal life insurance at PekinInsurance.com. And in Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637, and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, 
see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank and Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. So I switched to Boost Mobile and got this free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Why do you think they call it the Galaxy? Maybe because the Samsung Galaxy A23 has a huge screen, and galaxies are huge gravitationally bound systems of stars rotating around a supermassive black hole. And the phone is free? When you switch to Boost Mobile. Cool. You lost me at gravitationally bound. Switch to Boost and get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. Limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only. Excludes tax. One device offer per line. Only available on certain networks. 5G not available everywhere. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fansville, where the refs are always wrong and Dr. Pepper is always right. Always. Where the mountains are capped with cooler ice and children learn the 23 flavors of Dr. Pepper before they learn the alphabet. Smart. It's the one place where a man is a six unless he's wearing face paint. He's a dick. And where fans deserve a Dr. Pepper no matter if they win or lose. But we're going to win. Get ready for anything to happen this college football season on Fansville by Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. Grab some today. And now, the starting lineup. Air Tri Sports Center update. Chicago Fire FC forward Ignacio Elazdo is the MLS Player of the Week. The award follows his breakout performance against Atlanta United FC on July 3rd when he tallied two goals and an assist lead the fire to a 3-0 win. On 98-9, the game. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. You're on a 98.9 at the game ESPN Radio. Uh, Travis Sparks, Eric Fry hanging out with you here on uh, this uh, Taco Tuesday, a uh, Twisted Tuesday, whatever you want this Tuesday to be. Giving Tuesday. We're here to help you celebrate a Giving Tuesday as well. Last week was Thanksgiving. Yep. So uh, might as well make it Giving Tuesday as well. Yes. And the holidays are coming up uh, as well. So. Yeah. Uh, fun times uh, had uh, by all. And uh, fun times happened uh, last night in, uh, on our airways over on uh, Jack FM. It was uh, Altamont uh, picking up uh, the win over uh, Dietrich. And uh, Lady Indians improved themselves to a 6-0 and on the uh, young season and 2-0 and in the uh, National Trail Conference, as uh, Coach Lurkins uh, talked about in the post game, uh, that the Lady Indians feel really comfortable shooting at home, and it really showed as Altamonte came out of firing from a three point range as they made five three pointers to uh, start off the game. A couple of three pointers by Grace Nelson, a couple of threes by Peyton Osteen, and Claire Bame also uh, knocked down uh, that for the fifth three of the. 
uh, first quarter, and Altamont just jumped out to a 30-10 to 10 lead uh, there. And, uh, you know, Dietrich started to chip away in the uh, second quarter, uh, but then actually Altamont would extend the lead to 46-22 at the half, and then uh, the Maroons actually came out really strong out of the locker room, 11-2 to a run to uh, start the third quarter, and actually not even uh, less than 30 seconds in, and Dietrich scored their first basket, and Coach Lurkins called a quick timeout uh, to try to settle the girls down, and, uh, and Dietrich ended up going on that little bit of a run uh, there, and it's kind of like what they did similar in the game, in the championship game of the CHBC a turkey tournament the other day with uh, uh, CHBC. They had a strong mm-hmm. third quarter uh, there, and unfortunately, you know, Dietrich used that run. They can only close it to within 15, and then by the quarters in, Altamont would extend it out uh, again uh, there. So uh, ultimately, you know, Dietrich played good in uh, spurts, and uh, they actually out-rebounded uh, Altamont. They used their uh, length there and the height uh, as well to out-rebound uh, Altamont, but um, you know, ultimately, Altamont used that strong first quarter mm-hmm. and just uh, rode that wave of momentum being the home opener and everything, kicking off homecoming week, and they just uh, rode that uh, motion all the way to the end. Yeah, they did, and, and once you get a strong first quarter, you kind of set the mood for everything Sets else. the tone. Um, because you know that your opponents are having to play from behind, maybe not play a type of game they would want to. Uh, it takes me back, Travis, to the Altamont and Newton game that we did. Mm-hmm. Newton came out and had a strong first quarter, set the tone for that game to where Altamont was playing from behind the rest of the game and playing Newton's game. Here, Altamont came out and set a strong tone in that first quarter, and then Dietrich was having to play Altamont basketball, and it just wasn't enough for the move of Maroons. Right, and the, the fouls really started to pile up, particularly in the uh, first half, and it seemed like Dietrich was in uh, more foul trouble uh, than Altamont and uh, the uh, post player Kinson uh, there. I think that she was in foul trouble early, and that kind of took Dietrich out what they wanted to do, and uh, then they just kind of played from behind uh, from, from that point. It was just playing catch up from from that point on in the first quarter I actually uh, outscored Altamont there in the third quarter 16 to uh, 14 but again falling down early uh, like that was just uh, too much uh, too big of a hole yeah to yeah. overcome especially when you get uh, 36 from Grace Nelson and also uh, two other players getting into double figures there Clay Bame with the 16 points she had a couple of threes and uh, some uh, free throws that kind of stopped the momentum and kind of put the game away as well in the final quarter. And Peyton with those uh, threes as well. She got 10 points. And uh, Kaylee Lurkins was right there with nine points, and she almost had a double-double. I think uh, Dom had her down for uh, nine rebounds. Uh, so uh, a great performance uh, by uh, by her and uh, getting those rebounds and also, you know, almost getting to double figures. And that's kind of what you need. You know, Nelson, she's going to score a lot of points, but – uh, you know, uh, the other girls, they actually uh, got, got to go in in the scoring department uh, this time around and almost four and double figures there. To be fair to Dietrich, Travis, they would have beaten any other team last night. True, yeah. No other losing team had as many points as Dietrich did. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there were some teams that won that Dietrich had more points than. Yeah. So, you know, credit to Altamont for coming out and playing their style of basketball and, and getting the win, but credit for Dietrich for hanging in there and battling back like they did and not giving up in the game. Because you easily could have put your head down after that first quarter and said, well, all right, it's kind of academic at this point. Yeah. But Dietrich hung in there. They fought yeah. back, uh, tried to get it close. Unfortunately, Altamont just had a little bit too much for him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh, Brummer, she f- ended up finishing the game with uh, 16 points. Uh, Britain, uh, she had uh, 12. Most of those came in the uh, second half as they kind of kept her uh, in check in the first half, but uh, she went on that little run to get him back in it, and uh, she ended up with uh, 12. Uh, Westendorf ended up with 9, and Meinhardt uh, had uh, 7 points. Uh, there, uh, unfortunately, uh, Dietrich uh, falls in. Uh, they're four and four on the season now, and Altamont approves to a six and zero, two and zero in the NTC, and they take on a Casey back at home on a Thursday night. So uh, check that out uh, coming up later mm-hmm. in the week. And uh, I was able to uh, grab uh, some highlights from uh, last night's game, and they sounded like this. Nelson deep three, good. Three-pointer for Grace Nelson gives Altamont the lead, three to two. But the rebound's going to be tracked down by Reardon. And Nelson's going to fire her three, yes! Three-pointer for Grace Nelson. She's got six, and it's six to four, Altamont. She's feeling it already. Paydosin on the corner for three, good! Three for three start from beyond the arc for Altamont, and it's nine to four. Altamont Fire Department better be ready. These girls are on fire tonight. And it's stolen away. Poked away from behind. Nelson's all alone down here. They finally find her layup. Good. And Dietrich wants a timeout. What a start of four Altamont as they've come out of the game firing from all cylinders from long range. And they take the 11-4 lead. Jay Nosing gets it up to Bame. Bame's open for a three. Yes. Long range is falling. Fourth made three of four Altamont, and it's 23 to eight. Paynosine fires for a three, yes. Second made three for Paynosine in the quarter. It's 30 to 10. Throws up a wild shot, no good. Nelson, she's looking to run with it off the rebound. A one-on-one layup, good. Count the basket in the foul for Grace Nelson. She gets the finish through contact there. Tegler's got to foul her a little harder than that. Nelson will finish that every time. And uh, it'll be 38-21. Tegler looking to run with it. Fame coming from behind, but nice move to keep it going by Tegler. Puts it up and in, and she's got six. And it's back to 20, 46-26. So uh, Dietrich on a, a 6-0 run here to begin the half. Britton looking to run with it. She goes all the way. Coast to coast is good for Miley Britton. She's got six. Been quiet there in that first half, and it's 48-30. to 30. An 8-2 to two run to start the second half for Dietrich. And she gets on rebound, though. Britton straight on three. It's good. Britton has nine. It's 48-33. An 11-2 run to start this third quarter. But it's rebounded by Lorkins, puts up the shot, no good. But her follow is good. Count the basket in the foul. Boy, did Altamont need that. Yes, they did. Uh, Nelson, no one picks her up. Layup is good. How does she do that? Every time she gets the layup and the foul. Vintage Grace Nelson. 
And uh, so uh, those were uh, some of the uh, highlights uh, last night. And you can hear again uh, coming up on uh, Thursday as they're back in action against Casey. And uh, let's take a look at uh, some other uh, local sports from uh, last night. We had uh, St. Anthony pick up uh, the win over Okaw Valley 69-17. to The Lady Bulldogs jumped out to a 22-0 lead after the opening quarter. So a goose egg there to uh, start the game for Okaw Valley. And they did uh, end up scoring nine points in the half, but the lead opened up to 39-9 to at the half at that point. On a favor, she had 22 points for St. Anthony to lead the way. Uh, Nancy Ruhal had 14, and Lucy Fierde had 12. The ladies that were in double figures there for uh, St. Anthony. So uh, they pick up another win after capturing the uh, Robinson Thanksgiving Tournament Championship. And uh, they're back at it with another win over Okaw Valley. So we can have another win in the NTC was North Clay over Vandalia 62-38. So hey, look at the Lady Cardinals go. They're off to a 4-0 start to begin the new season. Uh, Arcola over Central A&M 46-37. It was Oblong Powhut over Red Hill, 43-28. It was uh, Cumberland over Casey, 57-38. It was the uh, tag team of Shoemaker and Becker for the Lady Pirates, 21 for Shoemaker. And Becker ended up with a 20. Casey actually jumped out to the lead at 17-9 after the opening quarter. But then Cumberland used a little bit of a run there and only 10 uh, second quarter points for Casey and Cumberland actually took the lead at half 24 to 19 and the Pirates never looked back after that picking up the win after a fourth place finish there in the CHBC Thanksgiving tournament. Neoga also continues their winning ways here at the beginning of the new season. 56-25 to 25 over Windsor's Two Straws. Campbell led the way as she had 21. As Sydney Richards had a 15. And that was the all the double-digit scorers for the Lady Indians. Neoga jumped out to a 21-9 to 9 lead after the opening quarter and took it into the half 35-15 and never looked back. Hey, speaking of an NTC clash, it was Brownstown St. Elmo pick up the win over South Central 46 to 31. Brownstown and St. Elmo opening quarter 14 to 5. South Central closed it there at the half 24 to 18. Uh, Seaball led the way for BSE with 16 points. A balanced effort from there. Stein had eight. Baldridge had seven as well. It was uh, Arthur Lovington, Atwood Hammond over Oakwood, 38-31. Newton over Sullivan, 36-25. Kessler led the way for the uh, Lady Eagles. She had a uh, 13. And uh, Newton actually won or had the lead uh, 9-8 after the opening quarter, but then widened that in the uh, second uh, quarter to go into the half 24-12 to a 12 lead uh, there. And it was Pena over Shelbyville, 67-37 to a 37 in girls basketball last night. We also had a boys basketball. We had Danville Schlarman over Arthur Lovington at Hammond, 58-34. Junior high girls basketball in the uh, class of 1A, 8th grade. Martinsville Regional, it was uh, Tri-County, Hume Shiloh basically over uh, Christman, 31-25. North Clay over Palestine, 36-24. Decatur Lutheran uh, Regional, it was Oka Valley over uh, Sacred, FEM Sacred Heart, 38-25. Pena Sacred Heart over Nioga, 49-9. Decatur Lutheran over Taylorville Visionary, 40-29. to 
in the uh, Salt Fork 2A Regional. It was Bismarck Henny over Oakwood, Salt Fork over Villa Grove 37-2, Armstrong Ellis over Arcola, and the KZ are in the uh, Stu Straws Regional. It was St. Anthony over Ramsey 35-14, Altamont over Beecher City 31-24. In 3A, we had Marshall over Cumberland 36-22, and in 4A, Taylorville Regional, we had Charleston over Mattoon 30-19, and Mount Zion over at Decatur Stevens, 33-12. to 12. And that was all the action from last night. All those scores are up on our website, famradio.com. Just click on our local sports tab and uh, check that out over there. We got uh, some uh, basketball action uh, this evening, both at the uh, boys' and uh, girls' basketball high school level. We also have some uh, junior high uh, girls' basketball games uh, going on uh, tonight as well as those regionals will uh, continue uh, there in eighth grade. And we have the full slate uh, listed on the website. And uh, the uh, girls' basketball uh, slate sees Dietrich back, back in action against the Oblong Powhut, Arthur Lovington at Monroe Forsyth, Charleston hosting Mount Zion, Tri County is at Marshall, CHBC hosting Pena. That should be a, a good game uh, mm-hmm. there. Uh, Taylorville and Effingham square off as well in a, a good matchup in the Apollo as well. And uh, we got uh, some uh, boys of basketball action. We got uh, uh, the uh, boys for uh, Dietrich. They are hosting uh, Sisney, Mulberry Grove at Sandoval. South Central is at Ramsey. Arthur Lovington out with Hammond against Oakwood. CHBC in Nioga to take on the Indians. Arcola hosting South Fork. That's a good one. St. Anthony yep, and that's uh, the one North I was Clay. Pinpoint. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Cardinals only losing by one against Casey. Yep. In the championship by the Cumberland Thanksgiving tournament, and yeah, it's kind of a shame that these two teams are meeting up so early in yeah, the season. Is. But uh, that's how the the schedule falls there. And uh, North Clay has also got a rematch with Casey coming up on Thursday yep. as well. But uh, tonight should be a heck of a game there in uh, Louisville, uh, there between the Bulldogs and Cardinals. Uh, Tuscola at Villa Grove, Tri City against Saragordo, Pena at Central A&M. Grayville hosting Red Hill, Sullivan at Windsor Stewstraws, Salem at Newton, Paris at Lawrenceville, Westville at uh, Tri County. And then on our sister stations, it's the uh, Cromwell Bowl here tonight because it is the Cumberland Pirates against the Altamont Indians. And you can hear it both on a Jack FM and a WCRA. So it's Pirates versus Indians tonight. And it's the homecoming game for Altamont as well. Yeah. And, you know, I talked to uh, Coach Radel. Um, after the game on Saturday, and he said, you know, going over to Altamont's always a tough place to play. You know, it's going to be even tougher considering it is homecoming week. Mm-hmm. It's, that place first is going to be rocking. It's the first, first home game. game. That place is going to be rocking tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, can Cumberland weather the storm? We'll find out tonight. Right, and it should be a fun battle in the uh, post, you know, with uh, Hendricks going up uh, against uh, Coleman and, yep. you know, uh, McGee against uh, Robinson yep. and uh, those guys. I uh, like that. To me, it if, if you're asking me, it's going to be where is the Cumberland offense? Can they match buckets with Altamont? Mm-hmm. Because we know Altamont has always has great outside shooting. Mm-hmm. They always have. They also know how to get to the foul line and make yeah. free throws. Can Cumberland keep pace with them offensively? Yeah. Last game out, you know, Cumberland had three players in double figures, but you go back to the game before that, it was Hendricks. Mm-hmm. He had a couple with eight and nine. So. Yeah. 
to me, if Hendricks gets in foul trouble early, the Pirates could be in a lot of trouble. All right, yeah. And the uh, thing that I'm looking out for is Cumberland's already got four games under their yeah. belt, or three games. Was it three or four? Uh, three. I would say, I, I, and I had an extra yes. day there on the Thanksgiving tournament. Tuesday, but, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, there three, you go. Yes. Uh, three games, and Altamont's only got one. Their opening game against Morton last week, and then they've taken a week off since. Not only three games, Travis, but three very close games. Right. You know, minus the first game. Mm-hmm. The other two, Cumberland yeah. battled back in both of them, got it down to one possession games each time. So yep. um, one thing we've mentioned on the Cumberland broadcasts when we talked to coaches that – this team, this Cumberland team, has heart. They will not quit. They will not give up, which is something we couldn't say about a Cumberland team last year. They'd get down 15 points, and you'd see heads hanging, and it would be, you know, woe is us, here we go again. Right. This team isn't going to do that. So if yeah. Altamont takes the foot off the gas, if they get a big lead, this Cumberland team will come back. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, it should be a fun matchup with the Pirates going through a run of the ATC. Mm-hmm. We said hey, yesterday how they uh, faced North Clay and a Dietrich in the th- Turkey tournament, and then and now coming into the regular season with Altamont here. They're 0-2 against NTC this year already. Mm-hmm. Got to turn around. Not a good omen uh, for them, but we'll see what happens uh, tonight. Again, the JV contest is uh, slated to begin at uh, 6 o'clock, so – uh, seven, uh, a little after seven should be the uh, varsity uh, contest that getting away on uh, both a Jack FM and a WCRA uh, tonight for the Cumberland Pirates and Altamont Indians. Who will win? Will it be uh, the team that Eric covers and broadcasts or will it be myself? as a cover of the Altamont Indians. So should be uh, fun uh, this evening, and uh, we'll be back to report about it all and the rest of uh, the uh, scores and action tomorrow. Uh, but uh, we uh, got to talk some uh, college football coming up next and the college football playoff and all the chaos that could be happening after a championship week. Coming up next here on the starting lineup. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup will be right back winter is almost here is your car ready for daily commute stock your vehicle with supplies such as snow shovel broom and ice scraper abrasive materials such as sand or kitty litter may help when you get stuck jumper cables flashlight and warning devices such as flares and emergency markers may help us arise blankets a cell phone charger food water and necessary medicines may also be necessary for longer trips this is Sergeant Jerry Purcell of the Effingham Police Department. Please prepare your vehicle and yourself for the upcoming winter. Steps now may protect you and your passengers. There's cleanup jobs. Whoa, that was some party. What a mess. And then there's cleanup jobs. Wow, that was some zombie apocalypse. I'll say, where do we even start cleaning up this mess? I know just who to call. That's using your brains. Very funny. Cleanup jobs are never fun, but when your computer needs a cleanup, call Worth Computer Repair. Martin and Worth Computer Repair knows what to do and can get you running faster than ever before. Need a loaner? No problem. Don't miss a minute of work or fun on your computer. Call today at 618-292-1002. Football season is underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. 
FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 Common Kansas, 1877770 Stop Louisiana, 877770 on 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry, Sports Center update. Chicago Bulls overcame an 11-point deficit in the second half to beat the Jazz 114-107. Bulls outscored the Jazz 33-20 in the third quarter to propel the comeback and kept the Jazz at a distance in the fourth. DeMar DeRozan had 26 points. Zach Levine chipped in 20. Chicago's won three of its last four games, and they are 9-11. season. Bulls are set to visit the Suns tomorrow night. Northwestern Wildcats are on a two-game losing streak following a 87-58 loss to Pitt in the ACC Big Ten Challenge at Welsh Ryan Arena last night. Wildcats played a strong first half, only trailed by nine at halftime, but they were outscored by 20 points in the second as the 5-2 Wildcats open up Big Ten play in a game against number 20 Michigan State Sunday night. As we talked about, Illinois Fighting Illini will try to get a winning streak going when they host Syracuse at the State Farm Center tonight. Fighting Illini dropped three spots in yesterday's college polls and are now ranked uh, number 17. Illinois is coming off a 92-59 route of Lindenwood that lifted the team to a 5-1 record overall. The injuries are going to mount for the Bears as head coach Matt Eberflus announced yesterday that starting wide receiver Darnell Mooney will miss the rest of the season with an ankle injury. The Bears host Green Bay on Sunday. And Jose Abreu, era of the White Sox baseball, is coming to an end. The former Chicago first baseman reportedly signed a three-year deal with the Astros yesterday. Welcome back into the starting lineup here on 98.9, the game ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there handling the sports center hits over there. Let's take a look at uh, some uh, college football as it uh, happened on uh, Saturdays. We didn't get to uh, talk a lot about it yesterday. Uh, you know, the big game, Michigan over Ohio State two years in a row. Look at that. They can win in Columbus so much for a nine or seven point favor, whatever the Buckeyes were. Uh, Michigan wins this one easily, 45-23, going away with it. And uh, so uh, that clinched the East for them. So uh, Michigan in a good spot here, sitting at a number three and a big win over their arch nemesis, Ohio State, for the second year in a row. Yeah, uh, Michigan with a huge win. I mean, it was a statement one. Is it time for Ryan Day to be on the hot seat? That's what I, that's what I'm hearing. That's Just, I, that's maybe fair. Like I, I can't remember. They even showed it on the broadcast. Like if you can't win the Michigan game, uh, you know, it's the only game coach. they live for. Right? Exactly. Like <laughs> exactly. So I, 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 me personally, I'd say yeah. He, he, he would be on the hot seat. 
this was without the Wolverines running back not playing that much. I mean, he did kind of start the game, but I think that was more like emotional than anything. He only got two couple of carries in the entire game. So, um, yeah, so Michigan, a big win, uh, their statement win in Columbus there on Saturday. Of course, Georgia took care of business against uh, Georgia Tech, 37-14. TCU, big winners over Iowa State, 62-14. LSU can't take care of business, even though Texas A&M struggling uh, this season. But uh, they end up uh, beating LSU 38-23, so that pretty much knocks LSU out of it, even though they're in the SEC championship coming up uh, this weekend. Speaking of uh, big wins, USC, uh, they picked up a big win over Notre Dame, 38-27. Uh, never really felt like this game was uh, close as uh, Caleb Williams uh, struck the old Heisman pose after the game or during the game at one point for the Trojans. And uh, they are setting themselves up nicely coming up with the Pac-12 championship coming up this weekend as well. Clemson, uh, even though they're still in the ACC a championship game, uh, their playoff hopes are hanging in the balance, and they're hoping and praying for chaos as uh, they fell to uh, South Carolina by a point. And this is the only game that South Carolina really lives for, as well as uh, they take down Clemson uh, 31-30 mm-hmm. uh, and uh, knock down the uh, number eight at the time, Tigers. Yep. Uh, speaking of a team that was uh, thinking about an outside shot right behind USC was Oregon. Well, they lost to their uh, rivals as well, 38-34. to The Beavers taking down the uh, Ducks uh, there. Kansas State clinched a uh, shot at the Big 12 uh, title in the Big 12 championship game as they uh, beat Kansas by 20. And uh, let's see, uh, I think that was it really from Saturday from like the major games, uh, Utah there in the Pac-12 championship game against USC coming up. They uh, easily beat uh, Colorado, future home to Deion Sanders, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado Buffaloes, 63-21 we'll there in that one uh, final. So uh, it is a setup for a championship uh, Saturday, but on a Friday it'll be Utah and USC in the Pac-12 championship game in Vegas at the Raiders Stadium on a Friday. You got a Kansas State going up against a TCU in the Dr. Pepper Big 12 championship. It's LSU against Georgia in the SEC title game. It's Purdue as they beat Indiana. And uh, we talked about Illinois football the other day. And uh, Purdue clinching that with a win over Indiana. We talked about that a little bit as well. They'll take on number three, Michigan. And uh, Clemson and North Carolina will be in the ACC championship game there in North Carolina Mm -hmm. in the Panthers stadium there. So uh, the uh, rankings uh, will be uh, revealed uh, tonight for the uh, playoff. And currently right now in the APs, in the top four, it's Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. Yep. And Ohio State and Alabama right behind there at five and uh, six, just waiting for some chaos, waiting for any of these teams to go down in their championship games. All right, I'm going to give you my opinion. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Georgia locked it up. No matter what happens, Georgia will be be in. in. Yeah. Okay. Michigan, I feel about 85% confident no matter what happens, they're getting in. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. TCU. Yeah. You got to win. Yeah, you lose. You got to win. 
Yeah, you lose, you're done. You got to win. Mm-hmm. USC. Yep. I, I think you got to win. I don't think a win gets you in. Really? You don't think a win? I don't gets think them in? a win will get them in. Ohio State will go over U, uh, USC. Mm. And the reason why is USC, even though record wise, Travis, it looks great. It does. However, most of their games have been by one score. And it's yeah. a softer schedule than Ohio State. Ohio State's mm-hmm. FPI ranking is third. USC is 14. Strength of schedule rank for Ohio State is fourth. USC is fifth. Now, it will if, if they win USC on Friday night, that will get bumped up and probably be even with Ohio State. But efficiency rank, Ohio State's second. USC is 10th. Travis, I don't think there's a way for USC to get in. Four of USC's wins have been in one-score games, while all of Ohio State's wins were by multiple scores. Ohio State has played a more difficult schedule again. 34th most difficult. USC's is 57th most difficult. Hmm. There is one team ever in the college football playoffs that has been in the top four in strength of record and the top four in FBI to miss the playoffs, and that was TCU back in 2014. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, so, uh, if uh, if USC uh, just like blows out Utah, like thirty-one nothing, do you think that is enough statement enough to win? No, I think that would be. No, if US now, I I just don't see how you could have like a conference champion, even though it is the Pac-12 champion, a conference champion over a team that didn't even make the to the championship game. USC has a softer schedule. Again, I mean, in college that, football. They they beat UCLA when they were ranked. Of course, that yep. was only by three. They lost by one point to uh, Utah, yep. and they beat Notre Dame last again, week. No and then other they got number 14 Utah, and I agree they would with win you, again. Travis. No other school has more than two wins against a current playoff top 25 team. USC has got four of them. A win, or three. It would be four with a win over Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. I just don't think that a Pac-12 title is enough. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I just don't I don't agree. I I don't see how you. Here's the thing, Travis. All right, the Trojans. Okay. Mm-hmm. They need TCU or Michigan to lose. Their chances of making the playoffs, if they win and TCU and Michigan lose, goes up 56%. Mm-hmm. That's if TCU just loses. Right. If Trojans win and Michigan Michigan just loses, it's up to 58%. If UFC wins and both TCU and the Wolverines lose, it goes up to 63%. Mm-hmm. Right now, Travis, the models, the chance to reach the, the college football playoffs, all right? This is assuming... Georgia, Michigan, TCU all win. And USC is ranked fourth in the college football playoffs. That's Mm -hmm. all this factoring in. The models give Georgia, obviously, 99.9. Michigan, 99.8. TCU, 99.1. Ohio State, 50.7% chance to make the playoffs. And USC, 42.2. That is assuming the top four win and USC is in that fourth spot when the results come out tonight. There is nothing besides other teams losing, that USC can do to get in. Hmm. Sorry. 
Wow. So you think that if a USC wins, TCU loses, that would clinch the Trojans in? Yes. A okay. TCU or a Michigan loss, I think we'll get the Trojans in. Mm-hmm. We already said uh, if Georgia loses, no matter what, uh, they're in. But wouldn't it just be crazy if everyone lost their championship game? The only one who'd still be sitting pretty <laughs> would be Georgia. And, and in that case, Travis, I think it would be Georgia. I think it would be Ohio State. I think it would be Michigan. And I think it would be – are you saying USC is losing too? Yeah, everyone. Everyone loses What about Clemson? I mean, right now they're ranked in number 10 in the AP. If there is one we'll to see champion, and that's Georgia who takes care of business, and the rest all get upset, and Clemson wins, I think you can make an argument. Do I think it's enough to get them in? No. But I think the college football playoffs, Travis, cannot have one conference champion in it. Yeah. You can't have one conference champion in it. Mm. You at least have to have half the teams be conference champs. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I just think that the ACC kind of has this little. Uh, both it's Pac-12, not good this year. It Pac-12 isn't. does too. It kind of has this stink on them of not being oh, a conference. Oh, what am I conference. thinking? Would LSU get in if they beat Georgia? Mm, no, not with three losses. <sighs> they're ranked fifth, though. No, they're not. It hasn't updated. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You know who could get in after all this, though? I know what you're going to say, and I say no. <laughs> Nick Saban and Alabama after all this, if all I... the chaos happens. <laughs> after all of this, Coach Saban and uh, the Crimson Tide could uh, back into another uh, college football playoff appearance. I mean, we... I would put Tennessee in over Alabama. Yeah. They both have two losses, but Tennessee beat Alabama heads up. Mm-hmm. That was with their starting quarterback. Well, I know that. But. <laughs> I mean, hey, they're right there, and they would certainly be hoping for some chaos, too. And... Well, they may not. Well, it, here you go, Travis. All right, this is the All-State Playoff Predictor. So this is an ESPN-sponsored thing, so we're going yeah. to do it. TCU, 89.6% chance to make the college football playoff. Michigan and Georgia are both better than 99% right now. So we're not even going to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, 70.6. Right now, as we stand. Jeez. USC, 19.8. Mm-hmm. And Alabama, 16.3. So Alabama has almost as good a shot at USC of getting in. <sighs> this is where I think... If you're not going to say that you have to be a champ to get to the playoffs, you have scenarios like this, where Ohio State not being in the conference championship game is a benefit to them as opposed to a detriment. Right. Because they can't lose this weekend. Mm -hmm. They can't tumble. They can't lose. It is – they can only benefit from this weekend. Mm -hmm. Right. So – That's fair. Again, I think USC – they need TC or Michigan to lose. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that's going to get them in. Yeah. So uh, we'll see where And they... I would say more TCU than Michigan. I think Michigan can possibly lose and still get in. 
Yeah, I think so too. And depending on how they would uh, lose yeah. and whatnot. So we'll, we'll see where the uh, rankings uh, come out uh, tonight and we'll see how it all shakes out coming up on a Saturday for a championship <laughs> week. But uh, right now we uh, got to uh, close things down with uh, talk about some college basketball in Illinois back in action. And that's uh, coming up next to close out the show. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Unfortunately, while the holiday season is an exciting time of year, it is also a time when people can become more vulnerable to theft and crime. Shop during daylight hours whenever possible. If you must shop at night, go with a friend or a family member and park in an area with adequate lighting. Avoid carrying large amounts of cash. Never leave your car unoccupied with the motor running or with children inside. Remain aware of your surroundings at all times and move to and from your vehicle with confidence and purpose. This is Deputy Chief Kurt Davis with the Evingham Police Department. From our EPD family to yours, we wish you a safe and happy holiday season. And now... The world's number one player rallied back from two sets down to win the French Open in Paris on Sunday. Novak Djokovic beat the guy Braden told you to pick. And uh, it got tied him with Nadal and Federer. The starting lineup. Oh, my. I couldn't remember. Stopped on that speed bump and said, whoever the guy Braden told you to pick. On 98.9 The Game. back in uh, starting lineup we're here up against the uh, clock we'll close things out uh, talking to uh, some uh, college basketball ACC a uh, Big Ten uh, challenge uh, continues uh, tonight as it is Illinois uh, squaring off against uh, Syracuse uh, this evening and you can hear it right here on a 98.9 as uh, 6.30 will be the tip off 5.30 will be uh, the uh, pregame show and uh, currently right now, uh, Fighting Illini favored by 12.5 over the Orange uh, because they are coming in uh, stumbling, uh, to uh, say the least, as I think Syracuse in the preseason took a loss in their exhibition game, and everyone thought that, oh, maybe we shouldn't panic. But uh, you definitely should after uh, taking losses to Colgate and Bryant. Now, granted, Colgate one was 80-68, to and uh, Bryant in their last game was 73-72. Uh, but uh, still, Syracuse, what happened to you? Want to coach uh, whoever that? Bielema. It's not Bielema. Beheim. Beheim, that's what it is. Thank you. And uh, what, what happened? What happened to Coach Beheim? It's almost like the the zone doesn't work. I don't know. Everyone's figured it out. Maybe, possibly so. And uh, we'll see how the uh, Illini do against that uh, defense uh, tonight. Looking uh, forward uh, to uh, that one uh, later on uh, this evening. 5.30. Uh, uh, yep, 5.30 will be the uh, start time. And uh, last night, uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge got started with disappointments for the Big Ten. Uh, but what would you expect with Minnesota? Uh, picked to be in the basement this year, and uh, they – uh, lost to Virginia Tech, who's a seven and one on the year, sixty-seven fifty-seven, and then uh, like Eric mentioned in his sports under hit, the Wildcats lost to uh, Pitt, eighty-seven to uh, fifty-eight. So we got a little bit of work to do uh, with no help from the Gophers and Wildcats, but we'll try to get some with the Illini and Maryland against Louisville in Louisville tonight. Clemson against uh, Penn State, Georgia Tech against Iowa. Wake Forest against Wisconsin and uh, Virginia 
against uh, Michigan, uh, the late night game uh, mm-hmm. after Illinois is off the air. Virginia currently favored by three and a half. They're nice. number three in uh, the country. That's a sneaky game uh, between Wake and Wisconsin. Wake's six and one. Wisconsin's five and one. And, uh, of course, Iowa off to a good start. Mm-hmm. And then uh, tomorrow, uh, uh, Purdue, uh, they're one of the uh, hot teams in the Big Ten right now as uh, they're traveling to uh, take on a team that's opposite of hot, Florida State, 1-7 and seven on the season. And, of course, the marquee matchup at the beginning of the season was North Carolina and Indiana tomorrow. So uh, we'll be back to uh, recap that uh, tomorrow. Before and we get out of here, Travis. Okay, we don't have a lot of time. Go USA. That's right, uh, the World Cup. We need to beat Iran uh, have today. To. Have to. <laughs> this is no the... draw. Has to be yes, a win. It has to be. A we win. need a dub. So, USA all the way, and uh, so we'll be back to talk about it uh, tomorrow. And uh, catch us in the pod coming up next. Here is Barton Hahn. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on ninety-eight nine The Game. Welcome in to the uh, podcast. Welcome into overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, still hanging out with you. Coming up here on uh, today's uh, pod, we got to still uh, talk some uh, college athletics and uh, we got to get to uh, some other uh, national sports as well and even more uh, college football as the uh, Big Ten yes. announced uh, some awards. Uh, but I don't even know if we should even bring it up because it's a complete farce. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what's uh, coming up here. And uh, first of all, before we get to any of that, is there anything on sports on there that you wanted to hit? Yes, Western Michigan has fired their football coach, uh, Tim Lester, yesterday. Spent over five years as the Broncos head coach with a 37-32 and record, but they went 5-7 and seven this season, so out the door he goes. Get him Winning out of record here. over five years, but one losing season. All right, get out of here. Yeah, get him get out, out of here. there. Deion Sanders is confirming reports that he was offered the head coaching job at the University of Colorado. Take Her, it. Current Jackson State football coach said Tuesday that he was offered the job for the Buffaloes and that other schools have shown interest in hiring him. Sanders led Jackson State to an undefeated regular season to head into the SWAC championship on Saturday. Pro Football Hall of Famer could be in line to replace Carl Durrell, who was fired by Colorado back in October. Take it. Well, one place he's not going is Auburn, as Hugh Freeze is returning to the SEC. Auburn named Freeze their next head football coach. Uh, terms were not released, but ESPN reports it's a six-year deal with an average annual salary of $6.5 million. Freeze takes over the Tigers after spending the last four seasons at Liberty, where he led the Flames to a 35-15 and record. He replaces Brian Harson, who was fired in October after going just 9-12 and in less than two seasons, leading the program. Previously, Freeze coached at Ole Miss from 2012-2016, going 39-25 and over that five-year stint. There you go. There you go. That's SportsCenter. That is your SportsCenter. All right, so uh, where <coughs> where do we want to go from here? You want to go football? I got a little bit of tiny bit of college basketball, some tiger. Oh yes, the tiger news. The tiger news. It's nothing major. 
What is it? It's a Tiger sighting. It's uh, He's not playing at his charity golf tournament this weekend like he thought. He uh, has plantar fasciitis, so he is not going to be playing. Mm. Gotcha. There you go. And he also says Greg Norman needs to leave <laughs> so that the, the Live and PGA can work together. He says it's all Greg Norman who's mucking things up. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's I guess let's continue talking uh, college football okay. uh, here. And uh, one of the headlines I saw on ESPN about uh, the uh, college football playoff has given the Rose Bowl a self-imposed Wednesday a deadline to see if they want to be included if the uh, college football would expand. Uh, and if uh, the Rose Bowl would want to be uh, in terms Part of, of that, eight. because yeah, because uh, the Rose Bowl just thinks too highly of themselves they and do. think that they should be, uh, you know, separate. separate of itself or whatever. It's the and, granddaddy you know, of them all, Travis. I know. With the number twenty and twenty-one winning teams in the country. <laughs> right. And I understand. That's what it's gonna be. I understand the tradition of the Big Ten versus the Pac-12 or whatever, but you know I would think that you'd want to be included in yes. the college football playoff. You know, have the best teams and some of the you know quote unquote best fan bases traveling out to uh, the Rose Bowl for you. Yeah, but eh. instead you're going to be an also game, right? Like if they expand it to eight, like they're talking about. Mm-hmm. All of those New Year Day's bowl, Day Bowls are going to be the college football playoffs, except for the Rose Bowl. Right. And it's going to be the afterthought of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one of the chairmen for the Rose Bowl uh, committee uh, told ESPN earlier this month that the game wanted to maintain its exclusive broadcast window on January 1st at 2 p.m. in years that it would host a college football semifinal. So it's really all comes down to uh, whether they don't want to move the time slot of the game and they want it to be a set date. It has to be on January 1st, uh, according to uh, them, and uh, they're not going to have – kind of compromise on that it seems like i don't understand that so i don't know again it's just the rose bowl just thinking too highly <laughs> of themselves that they can't move the date and they can't move the parade or, or whatever i understand you want to keep a tradition and whatnot but i mean maybe you shouldn't be married to a tradition yeah. this much to yep. keep you out of potential of the college football playoff but uh, again it's not one of the only things that is keeping the college football playoff to expanding, but it is one of the most complicated the that is kind of holding things up uh, there. So I just wanted to uh, pass uh, that one along, even though I don't think Illinois is even in any sort of consideration to uh, goes to go to the Rose Bowl. No. I have to wait a little bit longer to uh, find out where we'll be, where we'll be bowling. Uh, the Big Ten decided to hand out some uh, awards uh, today. Uh, the uh, first team, all Big Ten defensive uh, selections. Of course, one of the best team or one of the best defensive units in all of college football, not just the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan is represented with a couple of guys. Ohio State has a as a three, and the Illini, of course, have a three as well. Uh, Sidney Brown, uh, Devin Witherspoon. Uh, uh, Sidney Brown was voted in by the coaches, and Witherspoon was voted for the coaches and media. And uh, Newton as well from uh, the Illini was voted in on the coaches and media first team. 
there. So, and, uh, like you'd expect. And Witherspoon actually was the linebacker of the year. He won yeah, linebacker of the year award. Go. So that's good. But media. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with Sidney Brown? I I don't know. Why aren't you voting him in? It seemed like the only two uh, defensive backs that were voted uh, was uh, uh, by the coaches and media was Witherspoon and uh, Joey Porter Jr. There, all the rest were either media, coaches, selections. They're not unanimous uh, selections there for the uh, first team all defensive unit. Now, I did see something, Travis, and you're probably gonna get mad because it's it's a, a knock against the Illini a little bit, okay? But I found it funny. Okay. Um, let me see if I can find it. Okay. Three Illini, three Buckeyes, three Hawkeyes. None of them could beat Michigan. <laughs> yeah. And how Ohio State can have anyone on the first team defense after last weekend is kind of funny. I mean, this is kind of a. I know it's the whole season. season. I get so, it. But. Yeah. Uh, one Illini on the second team defensive unit, uh, Javarius Martin, was voted in uh, for the uh, media. Keith Randolph Jr. was on uh, the uh, third team for uh, the uh, defensive unit. There, they had announced any like this is just defensive. Yeah, it's just stuff. defense today. Yep, mm, gotcha. They did announce uh, the coach, but. <laughs> The uh, coaches in the media agree, apparently. Yep. Jim Harbaugh is the uh, Big Ten Coach of the Year. And here's what I'm going to say about it. And I know Travis is, is upset about it, rightfully so. I get that. Mm. But this goes back to what is the award rewarding? Because if it's rewarding the best coach on the best team, I don't think you can argue Harbaugh. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're just gonna go with the first place, then. and and they're the only undefeated team in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. they have the best point differential in all of football, and he had to replace his offense and defensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. If it is the coach who made the most out of less, or the coach who improved the most from year to year, then no, you can't improve after you already are the Big Ten champ from the year before. Right. So, I don't blame. Based on the criteria for the award not being clarified mm-hmm. in what they're rewarding. Yeah. If they're rewarding the best te- coach on the best team, then I think Harbaugh is the perfect choice. I mean, yeah. If you're going to give it to the number one guy or the number one team, sure. But, ah, man, you know, I don't know what uh, Coach Bielema has to do, I guess, uh, if uh, they would have had the appearance in the championship game, possibly. That could have uh, swayed uh, some. Uh, I think the rough patch leader. in the middle of the year. Yeah. Now. Yeah, kind of did him in. But, you know, the Illini, what, they were only <laughs> projected like five wins or yeah. something yeah. before the season. Yeah. So Again, they don't go on that stretch. Of of the the problem is is that they lost games they should have won. Yeah, that's what did them in. You can't be coach of the year and then lose close games to teams you should beat. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even lumping the Purdue game in there because that was a toss up. Yeah, but the Michigan State and Indiana games, right? You should have won those, mm-hmm. and then I think there'd be a case. Sure, gives you something to work towards for next year. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, to, to be fair, to take the line-eye bias uh, out of it, there's no real possibility that a coach of the year can come from, like, third in your own division. Unless you're rewarding, again, from yeah. one year to the next, who improved the best, who did the most with what was projected to be the least. Right. And, again, I think Bielema would be close. I don't. I'd have to look at the numbers of entering the season. Who was – because I don't think Purdue was project, expected to do a whole lot, were they? I mean, they were definitely projected to do better than Illinois. So okay. I think it was kind of Purdue. Maybe it was kind of like a dark horse, possibly. But people were kind of penciling in Iowa with uh, with their defense and whatnot to at least come out of the the West uh, for sure. And I'm I'm sure that uh, Wisconsin wasn't supposed to be projected to be this bad. And no, they their lost coach. their coach. Their coach yeah. can't win Coach of the Year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, that uh, coming in, they had pretty high expectations coming in. What about year. Iowa? Yeah, Maryland. Maryland finished yeah. seven and five. Yeah, it's a good record, but it is. For it's Maryland a, for again it, for what you're expecting going school. in. Yeah, in a lot tougher co- division than the West. Yeah. It's true. To go seven and five, I know they only had a four and five conference record. Still, but I'm right, just you know, an all right season. I'm I'm just yeah, I'm just trying to make arguments yeah, here. I mean, you, you can kind of compare uh, on the same line with Illinois. I think I, I I think Illinois would be up there. I think Maryland would be up there. I think possibly Iowa. You could throw in there because of their defense, right? But if you're Illinois, Travis, and I know you're upset, and you have every right to be with how things went, does it give you a little consolation prize? Just a little bit. If, let's say Michigan wins this Saturday, Mm -hmm. and let's say they win by 10 or more points, Mm -hmm. does it give you consolation to know that you had Michigan's closest game of the whole season? The whole year. A little bit. That At is... this point, Illinois has the closest game that Michigan's had all year. Yeah. This is a slight moral victory. A slight moral victory? Yeah. Yeah. Because even Penn State was 41-17. to 17. Right. Yeah, Penn State was disappointing this year. They're the ninth-ranked team in the country, Travis. But did they win the Big Ten? Did they win against Michigan? Nope. Nope. Did nope. they win against Ohio State? Nope. Nope. Those are their only two losses. <laughs> I thought it was worse. No, year they're than ten that. and two. <laughs> I stand correct. <laughs> well, I mean, those are two you have to win <laughs> yeah. if you want to be in the Big Ten title game. Sure, but no, th- those are their only two losses on the year. Mm, I stand correct. So I-, I think it was an okay year for Penn State. Well, yeah, I stand corrected. I mean, you did only beat Northwestern by ten. Yeah, only by 10. I think it was like in the snow or rain or something. And the end of your season, you faced Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, and Michigan State. Yeah. Kind of cakewalk. Although you did beat Auburn. Mm. And you beat Purdue. Illinois can't say that. There you go. And you beat Indiana. Illinois can't say that. There you go. So uh, Big Ten announcing some uh, football awards uh, there today. 
And uh, the uh, other thing that I was going to mention that um, the uh, defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters, was nominated for a national award, oh, uh, nice. the Frank Bowles Award. It's awarded to uh, the uh, best collegiate ass- assistant coach of the we year. We don't want him to get that. So, um, sure. No. It makes him even more attractive. Well, I, I think I already lead in one of the best defenses in – in the country, I think that's already per- good enough. Perfect example, Travis, of the best defense in the country. Illinois held Michigan under 20. They were the only team to hold Michigan under 20 all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. So, there you go. Next closest was Michigan State, who held them to 29. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, yeah. <clears throat> Alrighty, I think that uh, closes the book on uh, college football today. Okay. So... Let's uh, close that. Close that tab. Uh-huh. Um, did we uh, want to say anything about uh, in that research for high school football, the stadiums oh. that can be used? It's what we I mean, talked basically about. Basically, Northwestern, Soldier Field, the Arlington Heights Stadium, NIU, gotcha. Bloomington, and Champaign. Okay. Based on the 12,000 seating. Mm-hmm. So... There's that. Okay. There's that. All right. What else do we need to get to? I got a little college basketball. College basketball, okay. It's never too early to start looking at brackets. <laughs> Bracketology. Okay. So, Illinois moved up to a four seed. Mm, moved up? Yes. Okay. All right. But I'm not here to talk about the guys. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about the girls. Okay. Because there's something interesting that we should all be celebrating right now. In the Seattle region, which, by the way, the girls' brackets, it's only two region sites. Did you know that? No. Nope. Yeah. So it'll be Greenville and it'll be Seattle, and that's it. There's only two region sites. There's not going to be the four different ones, which I don't know if I like that. It's weird. Yeah. But in Seattle, I'll say this is Seattle left because it's the left side of the bracket. You got a lot of teams I want to spotlight real quick. Actually, three. Indiana's the one seed, mm-hmm. which is good Big Ten. We're all for that. Illinois State's a 13. Mm, nice. Nice. And the 15 seed, Travis, EIU. Let's go, Panthers. Wow. Is Making Il- the big dance. Illinois on that list? Mm, no. I mean, they're off to a 5-0, and 6-0 and start. They I are. I don't know why they're not on there. What the heck? Where's some respect There's only for... seven Big Ten teams. Only seven? Only seven. I mean, I think there's ten on the men's side, so. They're not even one of the first four out or the next four out. Uh, <coughs> um, they lost the game. They're 6-1. and uh, one. Are they behind Michigan State? Mm, Michigan State is 6-2, and two, so... Yeah. Illinois six and one. Well, Michigan right State's there. on the next four out. Purdue's next four out. Ooh, they lost to Delaware oh, last game. It was only good. by three. Eighty three eighty. Yeah. Uh, the the women's game is kind of getting some uh, spotlight, or maybe some uh, more people should be uh, talking about this. Yeah. You see, uh, over uh, the weekend, they were in like Las Vegas for like a Las Vegas Invitational. Or something in uh, Indiana and another top team in the country. I think it was Notre Dame. Uh, they were playing in a conference room. 
I saw that. Yeah. That is not good. No. That no. Is, that's a bad look for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. They should not be uh, nope. playing uh, top level, top yeah, collegiate game yeah. in uh, a big conference room like that. It's I agree. Just, that's just wrong. It is, 100%. So. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. <sighs> so... Hey, look at that. Edwardsville in action tonight. Oh, okay. Iowa State, number eight in the country. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool to see EIU there on the 15, 15 line. Yeah, making it. What are the it. Panthers doing this year? Well, obviously the Panthers are doing well. They're doing good. Getting into the possible dance. <coughs> Not even as a play-in. Let's see. Nope. OVC, right? They're 6-0. and Hey. Go EIU. Mm. Maybe Western, uh, Loyola Chicago, Valpo. Last nice. win was 96-67 over Wright State. Nice. Next one coming up is Northern. So what we're saying is, is if you're looking for something to do whenever uh, EIU is at home, go check them out. Go check them out. The girls' team is doing pretty good in this Charleston. year. Charleston. Yep. It's not that far of a drive. Next home no. game will be against NIU on the third. So. Not too far at all. Yep. They got Minnesota coming up on their schedule. That'll be a nice challenge game. Ah. Is anything like the guys? They should win. Yeah, mm. you should win. <laughs> let's see but yeah I, I saw that and wanted to wanted to spotlight EIU real quick wanted to spotlight them that's the sure. closest team that will get to a big dance in our area mileage wise like they're oh, the closest well, yes. team that we get to a technically big dance. yes yeah. yeah that's right no I mean the Lakeland girls will obviously get to a tournament because they always yes, do. Yes, of course. They'll go but, to the national tournament. But uh, as far as the big dance, right? 64. Mm-hmm. EIU is our closest shot. Yeah. CIU, I think, is closer than Terre Haute, right? Well, I think so. Yeah. ISU is not that good anyway. So. Not that good. Sorry, ISU. Sorry, Sycamores. By the way, uh, in that game where EIU beat uh, Loyal Chicago. Larry Bird. Uh, Loyola Chicago, mm-hmm. Mallory Ramage played four minutes and got a point. There you go. Not playing too far away from home. Yep. So, pretty cool there. Mm-hmm. And there were 481 people at that game. Mm. That's not cool. No. Head on out to Lance Arena, guys. Come on. Yeah, 6-0. and oh. Go out and check them out. 481 people. Playing that some is, good ball. Yeah. I got one last thing, unless you got something else. I don't have anything else. Recapping Pick'em. Oh, yeah, that's right. We got to recap And we em. both lost. All right, there you go. <laughs> there you go. We, we both, both picked the Colts. We did. We yeah. both look like idiots beside Jeff Saturday. So. <laughs> we look like idiots with Jeff Saturday. That's right. Like I said, beside him. We're, oh, gotcha. we're all there on the same sideline. Gotcha. Yep. That we are. All right. So uh, we're going to get out of here and... Uh, be back for you tomorrow 
and we'll recap all the uh, high school action and uh, recap that Cromwell Bowl, Altamont versus the Cumberland on both stations tonight, WCRA and Jack FM. Can't wait for uh, that one tonight. And also, you probably have already know about the result, but USA all the way. Got to go watch some World uh, Cup as well. Beat Iran. Got to do it. Must win to keep alive in the World Cup. Can USA do it? We'll see. But you already know. Talk about it tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for downloading. Talk to you then. Peace out. Peace out.